Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another rousing rendition of what we like to call here the Bridging Podcast Cocktail Convos. And um, according to my calculations and my calendar and my clock, it is still the month of March and it's Women's History Month. So we are still interviewing success veterans that are women, people that we know and love and support. And we got another repeat, another update, another follow up from the one and only Yo Megs, a.k.a. Megan Sousa. Uh, how are you doing this evening, my sister? Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm here. We're blessed. And uh, thank you for that intro. Oh, with the NPR voice. I love it. Um, <laughs> we going we, like I said, we, we, uh, you, you've always been on with us. Like every, every iteration of podcast that I've personally done, you've been, you've been a part of it. And I always sincerely appreciate and thank you for that. Um, so like I said, we're going we gonna to update and see where we at now, what's all new since the last time we talked, um, how things are going. But in true Brethren fashion, we always like to uh, raise a toast to all of our guests. Uh, so here's to a wonderful conversation being had, crumbs being dropped, and hopefully somebody will be able to pick up and learn something from it. And cheers to you and all your success. Cheers. Thank you. Well, so I think if I'm not mistaken, the last time we talked, um dominoes uh was about to come out or had already come out um lyt was underway laugh your truth production so i think i want to you know really take some time no it wasn't it wasn't dominoes it was uh beats it was either beats or dominoes or maybe both because you 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 know there's a certain time of year we we figured out at one point there's a certain time of year when like you just you know explode with every yeah it, it is <laughs> actually it's like two times a year where where things really pop for you and uh, all of the projects get released um but i really want to spend some time well most of the time talking about lit laugh your truth um because it has uh expanded uh from its beginnings of la and now you are dual coasting it you are catching flights literally weekly to bounce back and forth to produce run host just do majority of everything uh for laugh your truth so just to give a little bit of background because obviously we talk about it a lot um but for those of our new listeners and all who don't really know the story tell us a little bit about laugh your truth and how it started out yes so it started out um you know i kind of tell the story it bursts out of necessity so i would say the thoughts were brewing in 2016, but they didn't manifest until 2017. Um, and I just got into a place where, you know, I was really just budding in comedy and needed space to perform. Um, it kind of, the thought began, began like that, where I'm like, I need a place to perform. Um, and I was working at a comedy club at that time. And so I would see comedians on the grind and I'm like, man, you know, people don't know me like that, but I need to create my own space. Um, and so that brewed into, it's actually a full circle moment. I'll get back to it, but it brewed into um, linking up with a comedian who I, I would see him on, on the grind and I was like, Hey, do you want to start a show? Basically. Um, would you be down to like co-host with me? So lock in the venue. We run this show, you know, in a, in a 
pretty tight space venue. But we make it work. Um, and we're running a show and we're running a mic at the end of the show. Um, so there was a community building and there was a, a word of mouth that, that, that took off. So that became more than just me performing. It's like now this is a home for comedians and this is a place where, you know, we can work out, we can produce, we can um, entertain, we can, you know, link up all these things. Um, and we did that for two years until the pandemic hit around that time, two and a half years, whatever that difference was. Pandemic hits. Um, and, you know, the rent goes up in Hollywood. We were right off Hollywood Boulevard. So the rent went up, you know, when they start buying property, buying pieces and plots. And um, so that kind of shut us down. Pandemic hit, and right before the pandemic hit, we actually were pitching already to the club we're at now. And pandemic hit, so obviously we were shut down again. And once it came back, our resurgence is just back where we left off, picking up where we left off. So now we're a year, going into a year and a month um, at the new location and going on two months in New York, being bi-coastal. Um, and ironically, the owner of that first venue, uh, it was actually a dual, it was a Caribbean restaurant. Mm. We had dinner there last night, ironically. We went to go axe throwing mm. and we missed our little slot, you know, because they accepted walk-ins. So we went in and, you know, he's like, come back tomorrow. So we're like, all right. And I'm like, food. And he's like, Caribbean? I'm like, why not? We pull up and I'm like, wait a minute. I know this place, but he has different locations. So it was just a different location. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And ironically, he was there. This all happened last night. It was a full circle moment. And I was like, do you remember we started our show? And he was like, yeah, I do. So and the he first, was like, I bought it. It wasn't like, a comedy club. It was a Caribbean restaurant. It was not a comedy club. It was a, a Caribbean restaurant. But the name of the actual venue was called The Cellar. So the actual name uh, of the, okay. the space itself was called The Cellar. Yeah. And the way it looked, it was like a low-key like bar, but it was narrow. So it was like a little tube almost. Mm -hmm. So it was a vibe. Like we created a vibe in there and we made it work. And we had, you know, a spotlight. We had a, our mic. We had music, you know, audio component. And we had a, you know, our setup in the back. So we were able to run the show. So it worked. You know, we made it a club, you know, That's basically. That's super uh, interesting because as much as we talk, <laughs> as much as I know you, that that little tidbit I did not actually know. I always thought what? that the the I always thought the original spot was a small comedy club. I never knew. That no, it we made it. We made it a club. <laughs> like I that, and I we were the only knew. we were the only comedy show. There were a couple comedy shows running there, and then at some point they cut all those shows, and we were the only one left. And they had like a karaoke night and music nights but like we were like the only i believe the only comedy show that was left there so we kind of turned it into a club and then once it got shut down i was like all right well what can we do you know um and so back in the resurgence you know i just brought my whole producer experience to it and so yeah it's been it's been um very interesting uh you know Especially seeing the uh, the trickle down, you know, and then you just watching your impact. No, on, yeah, that, 
everything around you and you're like ah, ah oh, oh i see oh very cool that was something I, definitely, ah, I definitely this is great i love this I definitely <laughs> want you to speak on that too is because uh for people that pay attention to comedy <clears throat> like we um and the way you were telling the story kind of reminded me of um the recent documentary that they put out about fat tuesday and uh and joe tory joe joe or guy joe joe tory um of how he started fat tuesday at uh the comedy store and it really became this big big thing um but like from humble beginnings but um and a lot of you know america's favorite comedians started like they got their first shots and things of that nature there um but lyt laugh your truth is 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 seemingly to be one of those places to where a lot of the talent that you're booking and that are coming there are you know they may not be household names right now but they are known if you really follow comedians and if you you know watch comedy central and you know that you know if you kind of have your ear a little bit to the comedy streets these are people that you will recognize on that um, but like i said they may not be huge household names like kevin hartz and mike epps and things of that nature but it's becoming one of those spaces where it's being known for for lack of a better term maybe like breaking comedy you know in a sense where people can come and see these people before they really take off and see them in a very intimate setting um so just i want you to kind of talk about that and how uh deliberate and intentional that was because like you said you you know y'all started off in a restaurant y'all made that vibe y'all created that vibe in a place that wasn't made for it um but just talk about the intentionality and you know the deliberateness of being able to you know create that because you know like you said you started off as i need somewhere for me to you know do my stuff but now you welcomed all of these other people in and i think at this point you y'all you know y'all have had close to hundreds if not already uh different comedians um performing and now like i said you got new york and la so the the reach is growing even bigger yes great question um so it's been a, a huge blessing because um you know i go back into the archives of our um first shows and i'm like oh my god i can't believe wait a minute so and so came through here hold on a minute so we definitely have been around for a minute um and it's just a blessing to be able to see and watch that growth and it's very inspiring i'll start with that part you know it's inspiring because what started as a space for me to work my craft, I realized over time how important it was for others to work theirs as well. Um, not to say that that wasn't part of the initial intention, but the first spark was, I got to create something for me, right? Like for me. Um, but then it becomes for us because, um, you know, I take it very seriously. I respect the art form. You know, I haven't had my 10 years yet in performing stand-up, but I have my 10 years of producing. Mm -hmm. And I have my 10 years plus of performing, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. So bringing in that expertise to a craft that I'm still working to work on that, that, ten, that 10 years, I understand how important it is to curate a space that's safe, that's fun, that's, you know, community-based, um, just off of what I need, right? And I know that that's what I need, right? I need safety, I need community, I need, you know, a positive environment for myself to develop, which means other people are going to need that as well. Um, so to see people 
com different comics coming through, uh, blessing the stage is really amazing. Um, a lot of them are already on their way to becoming household names, right? Mm -hmm. So, so when you are on their path, even for you know whether they're returning or they bless the stage once or twice or whatever have you. It's just such a crazy feeling afterwards to to know that that happened. Um, it, and I really just look at it as as a as a blessing, honestly, because you know the steam the steam is just continuing to roll, you know, um, and just being being a stand up comic myself and an actress. And a producer, it's like I, I feel like I have a well-rounded view of the the I guess like the nurturing that's required um and the respect that's required to get certain things done. Um so I just trust my vision, um, regardless of you know, any other factors around me, you know what I mean? Um it's like I'm just trying to stick true to the vision um, and obviously being inspired by, you know, all the four mothers and fathers in comedy that have done this. Like what I'm doing is not new. Right. right? Like um, it's just me bringing my own, you know, perspective to what's already been done. Most definitely. You know, um, and mainly with integrity. That's like the main, main, main thing you know, is integrity and just, and, and protecting it. Um, and so, yeah, that's just, I think that's just the natural transgression of like the ebb and flow of it is just that I think to some degree people feel that and understand that, um, which is why they come through. They, they feel the love, they feel the support, you know, they feel the, they feel the purpose behind it, in my opinion, because I feel it. Right. You know, and I've been in rooms where I don't feel it. And, and you know, and with consulting, I, I just had this experience and I'm I'm starting to see a trend where it's like people who aren't in the comedy community want to put comedy shows together, but they have no clue what it really takes and the un and, and to understand the culture behind it. And so and, and having a, a recent interaction, I. I was just, you know, I, I kind of asked the main question, what is your goal? What's the, what's the reason? What's the purpose? Now, for me, it was to create a space to, to perform uh, along with others, right? And, and, and allowing us to have a space to be honest, speak our truth, laugh our truth, a place to connect with others, to, to not feel like we have to hold back. That was my goal. That was my purpose. As time has grown, my my goal and my purpose to spread that to spread that awareness to talent to to comedians that are out there on the underground bubbling up as a comedian, understanding how important that is. Right? When you have someone who has no no connection to comedy and no relationship to comedy, but they're like, "I want to do that. Tell me how you do it." Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because it's like, okay, I'll I'll give you some uh I'll give you some notes, 
you know, but when the goal and the purpose isn't there, you know, on any front, uh, I think that that's kind of the response that you get with that product, if that makes sense, with whatever you're, with whatever you're creating, if that makes sense. So you, you mentioned your, your title, some of your titles, uh, Mm -hmm. actor, producer, host, um, consultant, booking, (laughs) booking, head of booking, casting director. Um, (laughs) but for those of you, for those of you listening that have, you know, have, are aware of Meg, um, I'll say you started acting like that's where most people were introduced to you. You were acting. And I told you before, it was like, I actually, one time I was like, what made you decide to start? Cause like one day I just looked up and you were, you were doing the improv classes, which I was like, okay, but then the improv or maybe it was comedy at first, but then it was like improv, but it was more comedy based. And I was like, okay, you know, using that to sharpen up the skills. And then it went completely to comedy. And I was like, I ain't see that coming. Um, but the acting part, you were deliberate about that. The co- the comedian part, you were deliberate about it. And I'm wondering, and the question that I have is, how, how deliberate were you in terms of the production and all of these behind the scenes roles that you're, you're, you know, you're being, you're being thrust in now and well, not even been thrust in because you've been doing it for, for years now with LYT, but I get that, you know, in the beginning, it was out of necessity of you needed a place for you to work out. And then at any given time, it could have been, all right, you found the space, you, you know, you got the the time slots and whatnot. And now you just reach out to somebody else and say, hey, look, I got this and this lined up. You do this because this is what you do. I'm the comedian. I'm the actress. I don't do this. Um, how much of it was you had to do this because you had to? Or how much was it was you did it because, you know, this was the next thing um, that was on the list? Both. Um, I had to do it, but I knew how to do it. Um, And so it was more of a thing of, you know, I'm a perfectionist. So right off the top, when I knew I was starting a show, just like with anything that I like, you know, do. Right. Including Cornbread Kitchen, the sketch comedy uh, group that. Um, I founded and put, put, put the pieces together for that to operate. It just came naturally. Producing comes very naturally to me. And that's not something that I really put on the forefront, but it's something I've always done, if that makes sense. Um, so off the rip, like knowing that I'm, that I'm putting something together, I'm very, very organized which is what makes me a naturally gifted producer, in my opinion, is the organization and just how my mind works and able to connect the pathway from one idea to the next and executing. Um, And so off the rip, I just knew like, oh, this is for real. This is serious. Like I like every lay all the bricks down for that beginning phase. and you know it 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 was it was just every piece of the framework I created it, you know, just from my head of like I have to organize this or else I, I just can't live in my head. You know what I mean? Um, so I built the framework. Once it got to where it is now, 
you know, with being an entity and being the CEO of the company, um, et cetera, et cetera. It's a whole nother ball game of organizing. It's a whole nother ball game of laying those bricks. It's a whole nother ball game of laying framework. And the beginning framework that I laid was great. And I still use a lot of those things to this day, to this day, you know? And so when it comes to every piece of it, I'm like, damn, I do do it all, you know, but it's out of necessity, you know, but in building a team, over this last year has been great because I'm entrusting others to do what I've already been doing, if that makes sense. Um, oh yeah, you got you got to some you got degree a system and, set up now, and now somebody else can do it because you've got it laid out. Like this is what I will need done here, here, and here. Now you can go do it. But this is phase one of that, like having a team building around it. Because at one point, like I said, I'm holding the camera. I'm lighting in the back. I'm DJing in the back. I'm hosting. I'm making sure the lights is working. We making sure the sound is working. I'm booking the comedians. I'm sending the emails. I'm printing the flyers. I'm right. like I'm doing every piece of the basic part. But once once I decided to step it up a notch and just con- step it up several notches and just continue to step and level it up, I'm. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm stepping into this. But it feels necessary, if that makes sense. No. So okay. it's really just putting on my leadership hat and my leadership hands and like, okay, you've been doing this. So this is naturally where it's progressing to and growing to. And it's beyond Megan. Like this ain't got squat to do with me getting my time in on stage. Like it's going to happen anyway. But it's not even about that anymore. So obviously, you know, the goal changes and the goalpost changes. And so the bigger that goalpost is like, I'm the only person fit to 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 do that in this vision, in this state. So I have to see it through. If I have to do it in the meantime, it's going to get done. You know, if I have to hire an expert to do it, then it's going to get done. But either way, you know, it's going to get done. You know what I mean? No, I design. I designed the flyers for years. I just hired someone, you know, and brought someone in on the team to like handle that because I would just do everything, you know, um, no, and we, still and still can, you know, no, yeah. but I choose not to because I need to delegate or reserve energy. Now you bring you that's that's a great transition because we actually talked about it in all of our cocktail combos we've had you know, thus far this year, because everybody so far as, you know, a business owner, um, Brittany Boykins, who I grew up with in Tuskegee, she owns a uh, medical training school. Um, Alicia Brandon runs uh, HBCU Pets, which is uh, pet apparel and accessories, you know, based around HBCU colorways. And we were having the conversations of, you know, oftentimes as entrepreneurs, it's not even that we kind, it's not even that we want to be, the one doing it all, it's number one, a necessity because of the money to pay other people to do it. And then number two, it's like when you're first starting out, you got to do it to see the way that you want it to be done to even tell somebody else what you want to be done versus having somebody who's really good at this thing saying, hey, I know you're good at producing shows, come produce it. But then now you got to tell them, okay, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. And I don't like that. And I want this and I want this. And now 
that becomes a whole nother thing, but just the necessity of having to be the one who does it all because it's ours, you know, this is your, you know, brainchild that you've nurtured from infancy up until this point now. And so um, just being able to insert that passion into, into your profession or your craft or what it is you do is refreshing to see, but then it's also refreshing to hear the truth behind it, where it's like, you know, I could still do this, but I got to a point where I realized that maybe I should let somebody else do it just to take this one little thing off my shoulder, where it's like, I still got to worry about the flyer getting done, but I don't have to worry about it in the aspect that I got to do it. And now I realize, you know, the day before, like, damn, I didn't do the flyer because I was so busy trying to make sure that the acts were booked, the lights were right and all of this other stuff. Um, so was there a moment to where you had that wake up call to say, okay, I gotta, you know, really start delegating, bringing people on, opening this team up or else I'm going to burn out. Um, or was it a genuine natural plan? It was like, okay, we're now finna enter into phase two or three or four where it's time to bring people in because we've done this for this long. Yes, it's a mixture of kind of all of those things. I think it happened, um, it happened right at the beginning of uh, last year, coming back into it. Um, But what happened was it snowballed where it started with one new or two new, you know, one or two, two teams started with like two team members. Um, then it kind of grew into, um, you know, where it is now. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) it, (laughs) it's like, you know, it it was out of necessity. And then part of it was also, um, you know, where I wanted to open opportunities up too and I wanted to I didn't want my pause on everything creatively where it's like I see no separation so I kind of had to bring people in to do things that even though I can do it and I might say can you move that down move those margins over change this color it's stuff that I would be doing, like right. right? Like, <laughs> right. I'm just micro you just, asking you, you to you, do what you I would brought in extensions do. of yourself now at this point. Listen, like, it's so crazy, and it, yeah. And then I'm just like, <laughs> and like trying to like get it perfect. But once the system is set, it's like great. We don't have to talk about it no more. Like I know you're capable and competent enough to handle this this task and this thing. We are all set. And and it's true. It's like they're extensions of me in a way of I look at them like they're smart, talented, creative people and that they can handle, you know, their what they're experts in, what 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 they're here for, if that makes sense. And I trust that they're gonna bring, you know, really great ideas to the table. Um and I and I wanna open that up where, you know, I'm not like micromanaging uh every little thing, you know, and I'm like I'll just take a minute sometime to absorb it and I may make a couple notes on things, but I'll be like, you know, it's fine. It's the autopilot mode. Yeah. But but that. but but it's naturally growing and it's like mm-hmm. now, you know, we're still adding to the team. You know, I'm looking for rotating hosts for New York. 
Mm. Um, I'm looking for um, to add another editor. So it's like it's constantly, constantly, constantly growing. If well, that makes it, sense. This is this is as and it's weird because you know when you're in it, you know you're in it, and you don't really have the time to kind of peek up and be like, oh. Oh, we really, you know, we was we started back there. Now we up here where it's, you know, you kind of get it every now and again. But even those brief moments where you realize the progress and the ascension, you got to get right back to work. Like, you know, don't rest on your, your what is it? Don't rest on your laurels, your morals or something. Something to like, yeah. yeah. Don't, like, I don't. don't and that's that's why I very, very, very like staying in a place of gratitude because you know, it's only because of the community supporting that we've been able to grow the way we have because they understand the assignment. Just like I understand the assignment, we understand the assignment. Mm -hmm. And so it's amazing to see who gravitates towards it because you're like, they're also extensions of you to some degree. Like the, the, you know, whether they're comedians or not, you know, you just realize the impact that you're having um, by just seeing this through. You know what I'm saying? By you, I mean, by seeing it through. It, it, that's what the vision is. So it's like, you know, just God even bringing me to the place of like, you're going to do this still blows my mind because I'm like, I already know where this is going. I already know where this is going. I can already see it. I already know exactly where this is going. And I have absolutely zero doubts in my mind. Zero. I, I'm not worried about anything. At this point, it's just a matter of going through the motions that have to be gone through, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And it made me create my next saying of uh, alignment ain't nothing but symmetry in 3D. There we go. Alignment ain't nothing but symmetry in 3D. Yeah. I'm one of those Pretty people, much. like, I, I have OCD in the sense that I like things to be symmetrical. But then Me I too. also like I also like alignment, but symmetry is like equal, equal, but alignment is like that balance, balance is not necessarily visually. Uh, the fact that you just said that just made me think about how I keep I've been debating all morning if I'm going to change this flyer, this, this post that I posted, because there's a little thing symmetrically off and I think I'm going to do it. I think this is a sign. Oh, no, you're, no, you're going to. Otherwise, you're I'm going to, going you're going to, to lose it's been sleep. Bugging me. <laughs> you're going to lose actual sleep about it, <laughs> even after it's done. Like I did. the show is going to pass up. and you're still going to be like, you know what, guys, I just want to let y'all know this is what the flyer should have looked like like because no it's happened before it's happened before where i'm like i'll just stare at it <laughs> on my page <laughs> and i'll be like it's i do the thing and, and i, I like. just i just get so mad because it's already in there and it's like nothing i could do and i have to like really do deep breaths to like accept it to accept know, that look, things are not perfect I go and i'll sweeps. just like I go I can't because it's like there's that. a certain there's a certain alignment on the pay, on aesthetic on the page so I can't just delete so if I'm gonna do make the changes I have to do it now before I get to the next line you feel I me so that's why I'm like <laughs> I do sweeps at that point like if I see something off and I've already put it out I go back and wipe it like it never happened <laughs> and I was like you know what y'all didn't see that I'm in and black it and I'm just like this is what you saw the whole time none of this but <laughs> it um the uh that that reminded me of when we first started the flight 
and it was no it the there was a purpose behind it but it was really a personal thing it was one of those things like my brother hit me up and said i want you to put this on a shirt for me because i've been making shirts for people since like middle school and i was like all right he knew i designed and i put it on a shirt he was like i like that and i was like i like it too he was like you think other people will like it i was like I'm pretty sure a few people will like it too. So boom. And for years, literally years, my aesthetic, my eye never caught that there was a huge gap between the F and the L and flight. So if you ever look at anything old La Flight, shirts, hats, anything with the signature logo on it, there's a like a one inch gap between the F and the L. And it bothers me like to my soul to the point where I had to I had to create a story behind it for myself to make me feel comfortable I was like like you know how the the government will come out and say there were like misprints on certain dollars and stuff and now they're worth extra money because that's that's my story for myself so I feel comfortable I'm like you know what they're exclusive pieces (laughs) those are exclusive pieces those are one of ones you know beginners uh prints that you know it was just off and those are worth more money than the current ones in my mind. So that's what calmed me down. I so, mean, whatever you got to do to get through it. You got to. That's why, I, that's why I already know I'm going to change and update <laughs> what I've done. So look, y'all. Go out there and get that exclusive flyer before it take, it's taken down. I mean, by the time y'all hear this, it'll be long gone. You won't even it's know gonna it be long. It's going to be gone by the time y'all we get look, People will go look for it and be like, I can't find what's wrong with nothing. But like there was never anything wrong with it. This is all an illusion, you know. Um, but outside of Lyt, like we said, you you know you act like black folks say so you be acting, you be in mm-hmm. movies and commercials, like. And the way you did, you just pop up, and I, you know, we know each other. We know each other. Know each other. Like we've been tight since I don't even remember remember the year. And like we talk often outside of this, like we talk, you know, talk or text or between the Instagram memes that we send each other and videos and stuff that we send each other. Like we talk daily pretty much, but you never are braggadocious about what you actually have going on. Like you're not always posting that you're at the studio, you're at this meeting or in this headquarters or any of that stuff. The people who know you, they, you know, they kind of know because you keep us updated, but you don't, you're not always just like posting for the fact of you know letting people think or see that you're doing something but a lot of people have that necessity where it's like i gotta post that i'm at google so that people know i'm working i gotta post that i'm you know on rodeo so people know that i'm shopping and spending money it's like you don't do that which leads to you know me just randomly seeing you in a farmer's insurance commercial and me just randomly seeing you in a honda commercial it's like you know so that I, that just what the hell are you working on right now besides comedy? So that I'm not surprised. <laughs> Where I'm just like, oh, what's that? That wasn't Megan because Megan would have told me she was doing a farmer's commercial. No, yes, that was Megan in a damn farmer's commercial. You know, it's funny when that commercial aired. I was on the phone with one of my childhood friends, and he currently lives in uh, Phoenix, and we were on the phone, and he was like. Are you in a farmer's commercial? <laughs> I was like, what? It aired? And it was like, 
<laughs> he took a screenshot of it. He was like, it just popped up on my phone. He was like, I went on Instagram and it just popped, the commercial just popped up. I couldn't believe it. So that's actually how I found out. I didn't even know Eric. They didn't even say anything. Mm-hmm. Anyways. But the check still came. Yeah. Ex- so that's all that matters. You know? Keys. You still, still get you still get the check. Whether Look, they notified you or not, the check notifies that you were on the As long as the check clear, we good. That's like I be hearing about people that, you know, get paid to do a bunch of pilots and none of the pilots ever hear. I'll be like, I would not be mad. No, because you still get paid and it's a nice chunk of change. So Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never complained about those types of things. <laughs> um, so with what I'm working on right now, um, obviously most of my little chicken eggs is in lit comedy right now. And so there's just a lot going on there that obviously I'm not able to speak about uh, right now. However, it is a lot going on there. Now, as far as the acting, ac- acting <laughs> a fool, um, there, I have a couple things in development, but uh, that Cold Tyrone is premiering this summer. I think in June. Let me let me confirm. Look, look, we look, we done had this conversation how many times? <laughs> of what's the actual date? Because um, oh, and for those of you who don't know, they call Tyrone. Is... Okay, it's July thirty first. Okay. It All premieres right. July thirty first on, on Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Finally, this look, look, it look. You know me; I'm still skeptical at this point because no, it's really happening. I feel like we've been waiting on this for 17 years at this point. It's been a, it's it's like, been a um, minute, been a minute. It's, it's like how, it's like us waiting on a what's the movie everybody want? Uh, it's a bunch of movies people be wanting sequels for, but it's like this ain't even a sequel. I've been waiting on the first version of this to come out. <laughs> Uh, oh, but that's what I was explaining. For people who don't know, they cloned Tyrone is a smash summer hit that's going to be released on Netflix, and it's probably going to save Netflix a little bit uh, by directed uh, and written by Jewel Taylor and his writing partner, Tony Rettenmeyer. Um, that's going to come on in uh, Netflix July 31st, so when that comes out, y'all... Uh, Y'all blast that. Because, I mean, I know me. I got what, five TVs in this house. I'm going to put it on on each television um, to get it to keep playing. So that'll be out. Um, but, yeah, there's some there's some stuff that's not uh, that they, you know, we can't talk about. When I say we, I mean it, Meg. Meg can't really talk about what, what we're working on. Um, <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> Back to the conversation. <laughs> oh man. Unfortunately, we will not be releasing the video version of this. And it's not for what just happened. It's just we already decided that, but we're laughing because. Jewel just popped into the room and then popped back out real quick uh, to confirm that to confirm that date for us. Um, yes, he confirmed July twenty first. It's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they they've been working very hard on that, um, just perfecting it and getting it to getting it to the place it needs to be. And you know, they're finally they're finally there. You know, it's finally happening. You know, pencils down. 
No, that's, you know, and just sidetrack, you know, when I was talking with Joel a couple of weeks ago, just I never knew that, you know, that whole process of how it's happened in, you know, this year of movies done, seemingly approved, and then they like, no, nah, I need y'all to go back and redo pieces. And I'm like, I didn't know that was a thing. But then now, you know, the tidbits and things that I get from you, from you all, of just how things actually work behind the scenes makes a lot of things make sense as a consumer um, of, you know, entertainment, where it's like, why is it taking so long for Friday, the next Friday to come out? It's because you got to get everybody's schedules to align. You got to get the green, like, it's so much that goes on. But, you know, from the consumer side, we just think you just... Go do it, and we're gonna get. It's like no, it's a lot of turning wheels and pieces in the background that it everything got to take place in order for it to happen, and it's like so. It's yeah, know. especially with um, you know, editing. That's like the hardest mm -hmm. part. You know, just getting notes on like changing. You know, you might have to change some things up. You thought it was going in one direction, it might go in a different. Um, even the even like what just all kind of little me, stuff. Like for me, just like small decisions like y'all at one point you know the the music for the trailer and as a consumer we don't think because we see the end product and we would never know that you know y'all had to go through 15 song choices to figure out which one fit and it's like we don't see that and it's i think for me it's also helped me get a greater appreciation for everything that y'all do as entertainers producers actor actors and all of that where it's just there's so much actual work that goes in because i think a lot of times um from you know from the consumer standpoint it's discounted the work that gets put in because it's seemingly so easy if you don't really know what goes into it like we know who good actors are like we know who be acting real good but i think we think it's so easy for actors to act that we don't really see the the work that's in it like Everybody know Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington act his ass off, but we like we, we just like he can do it. Like it's easy for him. Like yeah, he can just go be Malcolm X for a whole month and shoot a movie, but we don't see the work that goes into doing that. You know, um, you know, just like how you know when you're on set and you know weather's not right, so now schedules are pushed and delayed and. Just all of these random variables and factors that go into it, which, you know, long story short, it's just, it's given me a greater appreciation for, you know, just the industry and you all's craft um, as a whole. And then even then, you know, knowing you and Jules' story of how y'all worked, you know, production assistance, background, sound, and, you know, all of these smaller positions on. And now, you know, understanding how, you know, everybody's job actually does be important. And I have a new goal that I want my name somewhere on the credit somewhere. I don't want to be an actor, you know, I, but I got to figure it out. So I'm coming to y'all soon to figure out where <laughs> I'm going to get my name and what I'm going to do. I'm going to do I'm going to do my job, though, but I got to figure it out. And consulting, mm -hmm. is, consulting is the easiest route for people to go. But I think I want to do something real. Like I want to come and hold the mic for a whole day or something. Like, you know, I did, I did, I did my job, y'all. Like, yeah, got <laughs> <at> the job. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I definitely appreciate y'all's insight all the time. Just with you know, with everything that you're doing, it keep it's refreshing because 
I, you know, I'm always talking to small business owners and entrepreneurs, but everything is kind of parallel with me, right? Because it's all business, but show business is like a beast in itself to where I, for like, you know, in, in my mind, honestly, I can't actually relate, right? Like I've, I've done some events and things of that nature, but it's like, it's totally different. It's there's, there's some things that match, but then the the biggest part of it is it doesn't. And so it's just always refreshing for me to be able to talk business and be able to gain something from it because I don't really have anything to offer when it's talking about show business. Like you, like that's your realm, that's y'all's realm where, you know, I just get so much insight into it and it gives me a better appreciation. Like I said, for, you know, for what y'all do. So I definitely, you know, thank y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so with that being said, you've uh, you've semi hinted at new works. So the only thing that I can tell people is if you want to know what Yo Megs is doing, what Megan Sousa is doing, you have to follow her on all of her social medias and her websites. There's yes. Multiples. So name them all. Yes, there's a bunch. Um, so for all my producing work, um, photography work that's yomegs.com y-o-m-e-g-s.com for all things megan susa megansusa.com for all things laugh your truth comedy show and productions that will be l-y-t comedy show.com those are the websites and to piggyback off what you said yes it is so many pieces to the puzzle um with uh productions and it's it's everybody's job is very important like and that's like people joke with that all the time like i want to hold the sound thing but you guys don't understand how critical that job is if the sound is messed up and there's an interference then it's either unusable or you're gonna do a lot of adr well, you may just, you could probably save it with ADR more than likely, you know, but that's, I don't even know. What the those are things is, that okay. basically <laughs> ADR is when you're doing voiceover. So, oh, gotcha. Okay. You know, just say you needed to dub a line, you know, that's ADR. And so you're just doing the voice and they match it up with the picture. Mm, so, but the thing about it is, is exactly it's work is inconvenient. So, like, the sound, sound, is very important it's critical it is critical and to the point where um production department you know or pd as they call it where they're going to be doing um um they're going to be doing like your set dressing right so just say there's a scene in a store and you have a paper bag sound is so critical to where you're not using a regular paper bag you're actually using a they make a bag out of some like soft mesh material that looks like paper, but it's like velvet or whatever, like, right? It's a different, so it's soft, so that it doesn't make noise because sound is so important. And then the sound so, of the bag is made with sound effects later. Fully, exactly. All right, so look, let me, um, you know, so, so look, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do craft services. I'm just gonna serve, okay? Yes, you can see you over there by the food. <laughs> give, me, that's the, that's give me the gloves. Work. Give yep. me the gloves and the hairnet. <laughs> I'm going to scoop it. You want two scoops or three? Huh? Okay. 
We ain't got yes, no more green you know, beans. They got, That's me. There's the food trucks out there. There's plenty of uh, <laughs> other positions. You Look, know, I'm standing sound, by, sound is crazy. Sound is crazy. I'm at the, bu- I'm at the buffet table with the spoon. Just yeah, sodas over there. That's me. One more scoop, potato salad, sodas over there. Potato salad, right. so that's me. I'm be at the end of the line with the potato mm-hmm. salad, pointing to the soda drinks. There we go. Okay. That's me. See, I that's... need some that that's important, <laughs> but but <laughs> I'm not. Just I don't have the capability to screw that up. Just as just as important as sound, but right. less stakes. I want to be support, but I don't want to be support that if something go wrong, they be like, "Where is he at?" And now I gotta hide. No, look, potato salad <laughs> drinks are over there. Yes. drinks are over there. Yeah, bathrooms to, bathrooms to the left. And I got my gloves on and my hairnet, hairnet gloves. That's what I'm gonna do. So look, That's y'all it. catch me on y'all catch me on the next um next movie set. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the one under the tent serving a potato salad, pointing to the drink so that I don't mess nothing up. And then I will work my way up. I'm gonna work my way up. You know, I'll be the dude that's holding the sign to block off traffic. For the uh for the closed courses, you know, yeah, yeah. I'll be reading the, the fine print at the there's bottom. A, of the there's a lot of places that you can be on set. <laughs> Thank you. See, look, now you're gonna consult me on where I can be that's not gonna mess up the budget and the money. You know, that's what I need. It's like, look, we're gonna I put you over ideas. here. You can't you cannot you can't fuck this up. Okay. I have I have ideas. Oh, I know you do because you have insight. And that's the word for the day, people. Insight is it get you some. Um, get you some. But this has been another amazing and wonderful cocktail convo with my good friend, my sister, Megan Sousa, actor, comedian, producer, consultant, bi-coastal host, um, about to be a tri-coastal host because Atlanta's probably coming next. Y'all didn't hear that from me. That's just me manifesting out loud because it's the next Atlanta's asking. Atlanta's asking. Well, Connecticut is asking too. Well, you know, that you know but connecticut you know i gotta see about what's that's, the, that's the home team but they're close enough to new york to hop that they're close that, enough hop that metro Let's north and come on, on down hop that metro north matter of fact look yo mate uh, uh laugh your truth is probably about to start sponsoring a, a party bus uh that comes from uh where where are we gonna leave from we're we gonna leave from uh bridgeport pull up to the club and then we'll take you back to bridgeport so y'all meet us at bridgeport for the party bus look for details on all the social media that's going to be in the description for this episode. But this has been another amazing uh, conversation with my great friend. We appreciate you. We support you. We love you. And if there's anything that the Bridgerton can do, don't hesitate to reach out and ask. Shout out to my co-host, Dr. John Mulevin, PhD, CFP of Levin Consulting. Shout out to Destrian Wells of D. Wells Consulting. Um, Look out for the next episode of The Brethren. I don't know where in the world my co-hosts are. They could be uh, doing a conference in Jacksonville, or they might be back at this point. They might be somewhere out in Phoenix doing a talk. They might actually be in New York, and I don't even know it, doing what they do best, which is uh, spreading financial wealth, health, and literacy. And we got some great things coming up. This episode has been sponsored by Jack Learns Money, the new book, children's book to teach your kids about money that's written by moi yes indeed i'm a published author once again go get your book on amazon get to the description uh not not get the description get the link in the description and the link will be in the bios there we go jumbling up jumbling up these words gotta unscramble them like eggs because i wanted them over easy we love y'all ain't know you could do about it peace <laughs>